Welcome to the Geek to Geek podcast where redheads can be Jedi too. I'm Void and I'm here with my co-host Beige. He's got freckles. He does have freckles. Uh, today he we're does. talking about Jedi Fallen Order because we've both been playing it and it's fantastic. We both like it a lot. A lot, a lot. Like I like this game so much more than I thought that I was going to. Like I was not excited for this game basically until I popped it in the PS4. It's interesting because like I was excited for it because Star Wars and I want more Star Wars stories and I love a good force user story and this has all of that. But the gameplay was solid too. It was just kind of it surprised me because at its core it was I was expecting just like a third person action game because that's kind of what yeah. we've always gotten from Star Wars. And this was at the same time more like Metroid DNA than I thought it would be. And also more of the like Souls like DNA for the combat than I was expecting. So it went in like two different directions and it worked for the game. But I just even though I saw previews, even though I read about it, I wasn't expecting it for some reason. So I went in with like the lowest expectations on this one, that if you go back and listen to any of our old shows, I'm just like, nope, I hate Souls games. I I don't like this kind of game. EA has messed everything up. I'm just not excited at all. And so I go in and the combat is better than I expected it to be. It's not as punishing as I thought it would be initially. And the Metroid stuff that you're talking about, the Metroid DNA, I actually really, really like that. I don't know if you, uh, if that was something that turned you on to it as you played it more, but that gave me a much bigger, uh, much bigger sense of exploration than I thought I was going to have because I'm used to things like Battlefront 2 coming out where it's a fairly linear uh, experience and it tells you what to do and you're just moving from one to the other. This one felt so open that that I was just impressed every every step of the way, pretty much. Yeah, I don't know. So I was mixed on the Metroid part of it. I was mixed on both of these, honestly, just because, like, from the gameplay side, and the, the story side, like, completely sold me on the game. The story pulled me through this game, and the story is why I love this game. Yeah, I still think the, story the gameplay is one is... of the best Star Wars stories they've told in a long time. Yeah, no, I agree. And, like, I just think that the gameplay was solid, and for the right kind of person if you know what you like you could absolutely love this and i i have friends that do they absolutely love the gameplay i thought the gameplay was all right i didn't hate the gameplay and i didn't think it was bad in any respect i just know what i like and there were parts of it that i kind of like rubbed against in the wrong way so i love a really good exploration game and this has exploration in it but there's no reward there's no sense of like accomplishment once you explore something you just get something cosmetic you get like a new variation for your lightsaber hilt or it's not even a hilt it's like a piece of a hilt it's like yeah, it's a piece switch, of a hilt you get right? the switch or the emitter or a new material or something like that yeah or um, more likely you get a poncho like here's another poncho for your poncho collection and it's just I don't I know. I hate his ponchos. Did you hate his ponchos? Because I, I like Okay. So I like getting new ponchos. Let me put it that way. I like I getting new new customizations for everything, the new BD skins, the uh, the new Mantis skins. I like that part of it. I like collecting customization stuff. What I hated is the actual physical look of his poncho. I never wore a poncho except for one of them that I had. It was a red-shouldered one that I thought looked okay. For the most part, it looked like he was wearing a garbage bag that's kind of tossed over his head. And I'm like, I think this character model is so much worse than they than they think. Like, I don't understand how it got past QA. Like, that, him wearing that poncho, it just looks so terrible to me. I mean, it's the art director thing more than QA, but like I did not yeah, like the poncho. Yeah, art director, I guess. Yeah, like I was not a fan of the look. So as soon as I could like take that poncho off and just do the jacket underneath and there's like customization options for that, that's what I did the entire game. But there's only yep. like three different variations of that and there's like 25 or 30 ponchos in this game. So it's ponchos all the way down. And like most of the time when you're exploring, you're like, oh, here's a cool thing that I can see how I can get to. And I have to do this like tricky platforming thing. Plus, I had to notice that I can use this power in this place. And you feel really smart for putting it together and like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to get there and see what's there. And it's a poncho. And like, <laughs> it's that is the worst part of the game. Like, without a doubt. Like, did you not feel like that? I felt like that at first until I... Until I realized what was going on. It took me probably a couple of hours to realize that that's what you got for these exploration uh, moments. That you got open the chest and you got a poncho, you got a skin or something. What I was waiting for 
the entire time when I started was lightsaber crystals. Like I thought you were going to get color crystals in these in these chests and I was super excited because every time I opened one I was like, "Oh, am I going to get an orange crystal? Am I going to get a red crystal? Am I going to get a purple crystal? What's this one going to be? Poncho. What's this one going to be? Oh, that one actually makes BD look okay. All right, that one's fine. Is this one going to be a crystal? No, it's another poncho. It they took way too long. Like you never get a customization or a you never get a lightsaber color crystal out of a chest like that is not a thing it's part of the game where you have to get a color crystal and it's way later in the game than it should be so it ruined that for me but the exploration didn't get ruined because i liked going and collecting all of the force echoes that i liked getting all of the uh, stories that were being told kind of as piece by piece as you picked up the uh found these secret areas with the different uh uh detritus i guess with remnants of of something that had happened there before and i loved that part though like while the chests were kind of lackluster most of the time it was it was always exciting for me to find a force echo and it was always exciting for me to find a new lightsaber material because i wanted to go see what the new metals looked like yeah i don't know i mean i guess i got to the point pretty early where i liked my lightsaber and i felt like i had customized it and the only thing i was waiting for were those crystals and then every single thing that i opened up i was like well there's more lightsaber parts there's another poncho there's another poncho there's another poncho so i yeah i just wanted to be more rewarded for that exploration um but besides that like the act of exploring is fun it was just the reward at the end felt like it didn't quite match up with what the game was incentivizing me to do it wasn't incentivizing me to do it in the correct way is probably what i should say there I could see that, and I see that hitting different people different ways. Like, for me, I still enjoy the exploration. Like, I've beat the game. I'm going back and working on the exploration trophy right now, filling out all of the maps. I've gone and filled out at least two of the planets fully and, like, 96% on another one just trying to find stuff, and it uh, it's... It's fun for me to find all of those places because, like you said, it, it makes you feel smart when you find them because they are they are Metroid style puzzles where you have to learn how to use your powers and just the environment put together a lot of times. So I love that kind of thing. Honestly, for this one, in a lot of ways, the exploration is its own reward. And I know that sounds so lame to say out loud, but I just have a fun, I have fun with it. I don't know. I need a reward for my exploration. I need something that's actually like worthwhile. So again, like your mileage is going to vary. You know yourself hopefully well enough to know like, is that enough for you? Just the fact that it's like interesting to explore, but at the end of it, you don't really get anything out of it because I beat the game and then I went back and I was like, oh yeah, maybe I'll explore. Maybe I'll try to hundred percent some stuff. And the first time that I explored an area, it's not even that it's just a poncho or a lightsaber part. Part of it is that to get to the part that you haven't explored already, sometimes will take you half an hour to cross a planet because there's no fast travel at all. And yeah, that makes it annoying. so much worse because it's like, oh, I see this one area that like I need to work on for exploration. But when you look at the map, it's like literally on the other side of the entire area of the map from where you start. And then you're like, I don't even really know how to get from here to there anymore because the last time I did was 10 hours ago and I took a different route. And it's going to take me at least half an hour to like pick my way over there. I'll probably go the wrong way two or three times. Like that's why I didn't want to go back and 100% stuff. And I enjoyed going back because I was still working. I'm still working on other achievements. I'm thinking that I'm going to try to platinum this game just over time as I pick away at it. And so I was still able to work on some of the combat achievements as, or trophies, I guess, the combat trophies as I've moved into those other areas. Like I was still getting experience, so I was able to work on the get all of the force powers trophy. So even though I was picking away at it and having to run all over the place because there's no fast travel, I didn't mind it so much because I felt like I was still working toward uh, other goals while I was going ahead. Yeah, and I mean, I did like the lightsaber customization. That's always fun in a game, like however yep. it shows up. And I liked it when you got the colors. Like, I'm not going to spoil how that happened necessarily, even though we'll get to spoilers like near the end because there's some stuff we got to talk about, but we're not there yep. yet. So there's a way that you get them eventually. And I liked customizing my color. So there were things there that worked for me. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I liked a lot about this game were 
the like the core premise was all right for me but then also i liked a little bit of the world building that it added i almost wanted yes. more because it felt like out of the planets that are there more than half of them are planets we already knew about in star wars and i wanted like brand new stuff so it pushed the lore on those existing planets a little bit more and maybe expanded it slightly but i really liked what it did with the new planets that it kind of like introduced and what it was trying to do with those and say new things about you know the purge and the force and all of that kind of stuff around it yep they did such a good job on just all of that that uh that these new planets they felt like they i actually thought that these new planets were something that i'd seen before because they were so reminiscent and just fit right in and i realized that no this is this is not taking on a rebels or clone war story that i was thinking of it's just doing its own thing but they fit right in with it where it never even it never even phased me like it never even thought about it. I just loved I loved that it just everything felt like Star Wars immediately. It did. Well, and I mean, the characters did, too. So I think the characters were like one of the highlights for me. The characters in the story is really what I loved about the game because I did. I know we were just nitpicking about the exploration, but I liked the game overall. And a huge part of that is the story that was told and the characters that are in it. And the characters are engaging like right from the very beginning, you know, like even mm -hmm. the side characters. Like, I loved Prof at the very beginning, like the your friend in the shipyard, that you meet him pretty much immediately in the game. Like, I knew right then I was going to like it because of the story, because he had personality. Everybody, like, Prof was, was neat. And then Grease and Seer, like, every time you have your shipmates that you go somewhere, like, when you go to a new planet, like, or an old planet, just whenever you're traveling in hyperspace, they're having a conversation that expands the, their relationship it expands their backstory and then the villains are even well-rounded three-dimensional characters where you learn so much stuff about them that i wanted to know more about what was going on and what had led up to that point in kind of that uh that time immediately before this game started like there are i want stories where the villain this villain is the protagonist because i want to learn about them Oh, yeah, this is one of the most interesting Star Wars antagonists, like, that I think has been in a game or a movie or anything. Like, yeah. they actually gave it time to develop, and it linked into the story in ways that I was not expecting at first. But then as it started to dawn on me, I was like, oh, wow, this is actually a really cool way to do this story. And yep. it, it just, it worked so well. Like, I think this is probably one of the most interesting Star Wars villains that there have been. Again, we're avoiding spoilers till we get towards the end here. Um but I agree with you completely. Like, the characters did it for me. I love the characters. And you said in here that, like, Cal, so the main character, is the weakest link. And I 100% agree. I mean, he's kind of the empty vessel that you can pour yourself into. But right. he doesn't make a whole lot of decisions. And he's kind of a generic guy. And he's a redhead. Like, that's his distinguishing features are that he's a redheaded Jedi that escaped the Purge. That's, yep, like, that's, that's kind of all that he ever is, even through the end of the game, unfortunately. Although I do appreciate that, that I was telling Jennifer about this. Like, I've seen some people complain, uh, you know, not even getting into any kind of politics or anything, but complaining that they went with just another white guy as the protagonist in this one. And I was like, at least they actually portrayed him as a pasty white ginger like what they went for, that like he was distinctive looking at the very least. Like you see him in the light and he really is a, a pale, ginger, freckled man. And that's what you see. He's not just like one of the character creation options you get in uh, Knights of the Old Republic or wherever it is that's just like generic dude. I at least give them credit for that. And I really, really think that he had uh, like very little personality. <laughs> It yeah, was he like did. he was almost whiny. Like that was the thing. He wasn't quite whiny and I liked him, but I never actually bought during the story parts that he was as powerful as I me playing him felt. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, I could see that. And I don't know, like at least for what you were saying, like at least the rest of the cast is more diverse. I wish maybe the main character had been more diverse, but right. maybe the next game they'll get around to that, hopefully, because again, we've talked about how we're bored of just playing a generic white guy because we have to live with that every single day of our lives. Um, and 
yeah, like the the characters are cool. I mean, I wanted to mention too, BD One. So your droid in this, I loved BD One. He was He's an delightful. excellent droid. He makes a joke partway through where uh, Cal asks him if he knows any jokes, and BD just like beeps at him, and then Cal laughs and goes, "Ha, that's classic." And you never hear the joke, but I nope. laughed so hard at it, and it was one of my favorite like beats of character interaction in the entire game. Their interaction, their friendship is actually one of my favorite things that they did with the game. Like, that's how they built the world for me and kind of got me invested. Like, listening to them back and forth, like when you find a Force Echo, when you find a new scan uh, that you find with BD where he runs over, it's that you see... You see BD interact and you hear uh, Cal say something like he tells part of the story and he kind of explains it to BD. And then there's this one part near the end where Jennifer had come into the room and I was sitting here and all of a sudden Cal, like I, I'm like climbing a wall or I do something and like a beat just happened and I, I move out and I start controlling it. And it's Cal just going, BD, I'm glad you're my friend. And I was like, and Jennifer and I were both at the same time, like, oh, that's sweet. And it was like, and and it felt genuine. It wasn't one of those uh, things. It was like there was a beep. He was like, I'm glad you're my friend. And I know that that character really felt that because of the interactions, like that joke earlier. It was just, it, it's just things that happen between people. And it made this droid feel alive. And I love what they did with this. Yeah, and I mean, even like we were saying, the other characters too, right? Like one of the main characters is a Jedi who's rejected the Force for reasons that, again, we'll talk more spoilers at the end here, but there are reasons that she did that. So she's kind of like cut herself off from the Force, but she's still this Jedi or ex-Jedi something in there, but a Force user that we don't normally see in that position. And, you know, we have backstories that involve Padawans and Masters, and there's the Inquisitors that show up too, which is from Rebels, and it's from... Was it in Clone Wars at all? No, just Rebels at this point. But, you know, getting Inquisitors more into the lore and, like, talking about them and putting them in front of us, which was interesting. And there's stuff like the Night Sisters show up in this game. So Night Sisters yes. are on Dathomir. They're, like, the Force Witches, and those have been in canon for a long time. I've never really liked them, even though I know people think they're interesting. This is the first time that they ever worked for me, ever, in any media. And I've read, like, every Star Wars book ever. And it's because... They made a real character that I could connect to that was a night sister. She was like a force witch. But yeah. through the game, I'm trying not to give away too much of like what happens, but through the game, you interact with her enough times that you get to meet, like not meet her as a person, but just learn who she is as a person. And instead of becoming this like one dimensional force witch, which is usually what happens, she feels like a fully fleshed out character later in the game. Yeah, and there were things that happened that we'll talk about later, like through those interactions that make me want more stories with her. I know that uh, you 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 may have mentioned that in here. I can't remember, uh, but it's like I want to know about that character now, like the things that have, have happened to her before this and what happens afterward. It's like she the actress who who played her was just magnificent as well the art direction just everything around it i was like I, I like i said before these secondary characters made me continue playing through this game oh yeah for sure and like i said right up front like story is what carried me through this game without a doubt like i love this story but part of that too were these like force visions and these flashback sequences that were one of the coolest things that i've seen in the game in the last year is the way that they executed these like every time you went into one I was so impressed with the blend of storytelling and what they did with the graphics and like the the setting around you as it like morphed as you went between like force vision and where you currently are or like flashback and then how it all linked into the gameplay. So it's like when you would get a new force power, you would get a flashback to when he was a Padawan and he was training before the purge and then you would have to learn it as the Padawan character from your master and then after you had done that like the thing that would trigger it would be you'd get to the very first circumstance where you have to use this new power and then you'd get into a flashback but one of the smartest things is that when you came back from that flashback after having learned it you weren't in the same spot where you started the flashback you were immediately after that and it's something that if you didn't even think about you wouldn't have noticed but i didn't notice that see that's how seamless it is and how well it's done is that like you come back having completed the thing that you were about to get stuck on before they trained you and then you come back and you've already done it 
granted, they'll give you more chances to use it almost immediately because they want to train you a little bit more. But yeah. from like a gameplay and training perspective, that's so amazingly well done. I didn't even notice that happen. Like I knew because like you said, you immediately use it again. I never tied those together as being that it pushed you through that particular instance of it that I loved how it was done, but I never noticed that. Well, and like playing through the force visions and some of the flashback stuff too, it reminds me of um, in the force awakens when Ray touches Luke's lightsaber and she has mm. the flashback. Like, right. That was probably the coolest Force Vision they've ever done in cinema. They do that multiple times in this game in ways like that, where you turn around and you're in a different environment and you didn't notice that it loaded behind you. And then you start going down a corridor and then the whole thing shifts around you. It was just it was incredible. I was really, really impressed with the game engine on this one. And I know it's because they switched from whatever the I can't remember. What's the name of the proprietary EA one? uh frostbite they switched frostbite. to unreal right they switched to unreal on this one and it is immediately apparent that i've never liked frostbite in any of the games i've played it on and you've played more than that more than i have with it and immediately as soon as you load this game in and you start moving around it is apparent that this is not frostbite that you are running in a much better engine frostbite does some pretty like like not just straight up like pretty lighting stuff and like explosion stuff and some particle effects but besides that i just don't like it overall as an engine a whole lot yeah and i don't like the way it makes first person shooters feel like the main thing i've played it in is battlefront one and two and it feels loose and it feels slippery and it never feels solid and this game feels solid that outside of just a couple of instances where there's clipping issues, this game actually feels really, really solid for the controls, even though the controls aren't necessarily the best part of the game. Yeah, except for the slides. Can we talk about the slides? Oh because my god, the slides. There were a ton of slides, and it wouldn't have mattered that much to me if the controls weren't horrible on them. Like, like I never got good at controlling my character on a slide, even by the end of playing, like... 30 hours of this game 20 however long i spent it wasn't 30 hours it was probably 20 hours like i went down i don't know how many slides and even by the end of the game i was just like missing my jumps and like i couldn't get him to go where i wanted to on the slides and they kept using it as this transportation mechanism even though it was across like five or six different planets they just happened to be slides almost everywhere and everywhere I, I don't know i wasn't a huge fan of the choice to do slides i liked the slides at first I was like, oh, that's cute. I see what you're going to do with this. That, 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 that's, a, that's visually appealing. And then it made me miss a couple of jumps. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's fine. I'll re but it restarts you very quickly from where you are. And if it's a long slide, it at least breaks it into segments when you fall off. And I say when, not if, because the, the clipping and controls on this are, like you said, absolutely miserable. And Kashyyyk has some of the absolute worst of them because you can jump, but if you don't jump at the right place and land in the right place, you just fall right through the, the, the platform that you're landing on. It's like you have to hit it perfectly on or you don't, go forward but it does get better after you get double jump i didn't mind the slides nearly as much once i learned jedi flip yeah and you know one of the other things we should mention is like when you do die loading is annoying on a base level oh ps4 it's brutal it's like three or four minutes of loading is both i think what you and i both ran into right yeah yeah, it was why I turned the difficulty down to story mode. The combat was hard. The combat was frustratingly hard, but it wasn't frustrating enough that I turned the difficulty down. What made me turn the difficulty down was the load time on the original PlayStation 4, where it was three to four minutes every time I died, and it was not fun anymore spending more time loading than fighting and trying to win. I was like, fine, I'm just going to go turn the difficulty down which you can do in the middle of it in the middle of the game which is amazing and all games should do this yes um, no we should call that out because every game should do that you should be able to adjust your difficulty to anything you want in the middle of a game because it yep. can be amazing like every game should just straight up do that out of the box yeah if there is a way to do it that then they need to do that because it is so so nice to be able to do it because right now after i've beat the game because i'm in the post game of it really i want to turn the difficulty back up and see if i can get better at the combat but you know it took away all of the loading because I very, very rarely died in combat. I died in the environment. Like I would, I would get 
I learned how to play the combat by doing that. Now I think I'm going to get better at it. And I want to, uh, as I go through exploring, it just cuts right at the very, very end of where it was that you died. Like it just pops you right back, which is fine, which is great. And what I'd hoped would happen with actual death. Well, yeah, and I've talked to some friends because I, I have friends that are playing this on like the hardest difficulty, and I was like, don't you get sick of the dying and the load times because they're brutal? And they're like, what load times? And I was like, wait, what are you playing on? So I, I started asking friends of mine, and if you're playing this on an Xbox One X, if you're playing this on a PS4 Pro, if you're playing this on PC with decent hardware, you're not going to run into any of those issues. So it's oh. not universal for the game, but you and I both play this on a base PS4, and th- it's just something to be aware of. So... Because of those load times, I started playing like really defensively, but I never quite because I wasn't willing to be aggressive enough to try to go for the parries. I never really learned how you're really supposed to play this game. Exactly. Hard difficulty because I was avoiding the load times. So I got bored of the combat because it was taking too long. And so I just cranked it down to story mode. And then I had so much more fun with the game because then I just started stomping people like I felt like a Jedi then because I would just like wreck house and just go through everybody who got my way. It felt like Force Unleashed light is what it really felt like, where it wasn't quite as over the top, like blasting things as as Force Unleashed was. But it was almost that because they uh, they made it and they made it easy, but they didn't make it mindlessly easy, you know? Like yeah. it's, it's no, good, it, you still had to pay to attention. Like you had to pay attention or you were going to die. You still took damage and you had to occasionally use a stem pack, but it wasn't something where I could just look away from the screen, tap X and, uh, or what I square and win every time, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if I get like better hardware, I might actually be tempted to pick up this game again and replay it on a harder difficulty because the load yeah. times would be shorter. So your mileage is going to vary. You know, it's it could go either way. Um, one of the other things that I wanted to mention here before we get into spoilers, because I think we're almost to spoiler territory to talk about some of this end stuff, is I just I, I really like this game. It's not a perfect game. Like, you've heard our gripes about it, but hopefully it's coming through that, like, both of us really, really like this game. I love the story. It's one of my favorite Force user stories in all of Star Wars, especially in Star Wars canon. But I think even if you include all the stuff that I read before in the old canon, this is still probably one of my favorite Force user stories. And it's just, it was so good, right? Like even when I got tired of the exploration and the combat and the load time started to bum me out a little bit, I love the story enough that I just like mainlined this game in two days. It was like a Saturday and a Sunday, and I beat the entire game because I needed to know what happened next in the story. And I think that says a lot for how I thought the game was overall. Yeah, you beat it. I started it before you... And you beat it before I did. And we were I was playing it a lot. Like by the time we recorded the last episode of this, I was one about an hour away from beating it. So we didn't talk about it last week and or last time. I'm not exactly sure when this is gonna be coming out because of holiday timey wiminess. But it was one of those things where like I started about a day ahead and I finished it about a day late from where you did and uh, I was playing a ton and that just like you said goes to show how much you how much fun you had with this how much you liked it because it was it is a great game it is I understand why it's getting the reviews that it's getting but if you're a Star Wars fan and you like stories and you actually like exploring the Star Wars and you like exploring the Star Wars universe, going around on these planets was a lot of fun for me. Going around like uh, Dathomir and Kashyyyk were really, really fun to uh, to just see what was there. And I think that's why I like the exploration is just being like, oh, I'm getting to go and see what's over here in this part. And so yeah. I liked that part a lot. When I think so, if you like Star Wars stories, there's a game here for you. Crank it down yeah. to story mode. Play it the way that you and I ended up playing it. If you like Metroidvanias for exploration, there's a game here for you. Crank it down to story mode. Just explore the world and blast through the combat. If you like Dark Souls, if you like Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice especially, there's a game here for you. Crank up the difficulty and you will love this game because it's so good for that too based on all the other people I've talked to. So there's like a bunch of different ways you can approach this game. All of them are valid and I liked it for all those reasons. Do you have any other like high level thoughts before we go spoilers here for a couple minutes? Not so much other than just the only gripe that I had about story mode 
was that it, the way that they show the difficulty on the slide, it had like three meters on them and it showed parry, uh, damage, and enemy aggression. And one of the things that I got that I actually didn't like about the story mode difficulty was the enemy aggression was way lower than I thought it should have been because they didn't attack back nearly as often. Like if it had been just up just a smidge from where it was, I think it would have been about the perfect difficulty because you wouldn't have you wouldn't have blown through them quite as hard, but it still wouldn't have been overly difficult. It uh, just would have been slightly more technical. Um, yeah, I can I see that. They would have been slightly more aggressive where I could have practiced those parries, where I could have felt the need for those parries as opposed to using force pull a lot as much as I did. <laughs> yeah, I used a lot of dodge and like force freeze and then I would just beat them down and then it would work. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So you guys know we like the game. Um, if you don't mind spoilers, we're going to do five minutes of spoilers. So if you don't want those, just skip five minutes ahead. I promise I'll cut us off at the five minute mark this is your last warning spoilers now okay we have to talk about darth vader because <laughs> yeah, right this is why i didn't record this with you last week is because i needed you to see this and i could not spoil it for you because it was so good oh my god vader like what? they were so restrained in the use of him and i had a thought about three-fourths of the way through the game and i was like you know there's inquisitors in here and they report up to vader what if they find a way to work vader into this game but they wait for the end and they're super restrained about it i was like that's what they should do that's never what anybody has ever done in a video game with Darth Vader before. The only right. time they've ever been restrained with the use of Darth Vader and made him feel scary is in Rogue One. And I was like, you know, if they pulled that again in this game, it would work so well. And that I was about 75% of the way through the game when I said that. When he showed up, I was still 100% surprised because I did not think they were going to do that. No. And it is so good. It, it pulls this trick on you where the camera rotates behind you and you think you are going to have to do a boss fight with him. You get this beat of the camera angle that you've done for every other boss fight. And it's just like half a second. And you're like, oh, no. Oh, oh no. no. How am I going to do this? I barely just survived the fight before it. Like, uh -huh. I can't believe even this Even on story happen. mode. Like, that's even on the, story Even mode. on story mode, it, you barely survive it. And this is the last, like, thing of the game. Like, this is the last 10 minutes, 20 minutes of the game, right before the ending and the end cutscenes and stuff they waited they wait 20 hours to even introduce the idea of darth vader and they never even explain who he is he just shows up and wrecks house and it is the most terrifying thing that's ever been in a star wars video game and i loved it like it just it made the game for me i was amazed what did it, you think i okay so you told me that that there was something in that last hour or so that you wanted me to see and that we couldn't talk about so i go and of course i'm playing it that night because i want to see what it is and i i get to that point and the and trilla the second sister like you're having this boss fight and you're having these talks and i'm fully invested in the story at this point and i'm i'm sitting here and i'm watching i'm like okay i want to know what goes on i wonder what's going to happen if trilla's going to be back as the villain uh in the next one how they're going to do this how how are they going to interact and all of a sudden it does that and like vader comes out and kills her and it's like i was like oh no uh-oh and then it did the camera thing where you think you're gonna fight him and i was like you oh no oh no 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 and then when he starts chasing you when everybody's like yeah we just run from this guy like and he starts twisting the 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 path away from you and like throwing the uh the the just the inside of the inquisitorial fortress everywhere and like you're having to do the running and leaping and catching uh and it is absolutely terrifying like i was i was playing it and jennifer was there and the entire time i was ah, ah, oh no 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 and then he caught me one time did you ever let him catch you or get caught by him no i didn't okay so i messed up one jump like as i was going through this and so it, it i messed up some and i missed jumps and they just started me back where i could run forward again that's fine when Apparently, if you don't go as fast as the game thinks you should at an appropriate level to run away from Darth Vader, he actually catches you. Even if you've done nothing wrong, just he, he is chasing you. If he gets within this, uh, this area, he just lifts you up and force chokes you and throws you away like you're die. He just kills you straight up like you have to reload. It's 
brilliant because I didn't expect them to do that. I didn't know there was an actual timer there. All of a sudden, I get lifted up, the camera twists around, and Vader is killing me. And I'm like, holy cow, I did not expect that. It yeah, was I mean, and not so to mention, good. like, I know we only have like a minute here because I said I'd limit it to five minutes, but like Trilla and a fallen Padawan and like having that reveal and you know, the ninth sister and just knowing that like the sisters come from these corrupted Padawans and it was, it was all so well done. Like I just, I love the twists of this game a lot. Finding out that the Inquisitors are fallen Padawans that have been twisted, corrupted and basically brainwashed and tortured into doing this makes me want so many more of those stories. Yes. I don't necessarily want them as villains, I just want to know this process. I want to know what goes on here. I want to know just around that stories that deal with the Inquisitors more because that's this is the first time, as far as I know, that we get it right. Like we've yeah. never been exposed to this in anything that I'm aware of. No, no, we just saw them as Inquisitors. We never really got the backstory. So this is the first time. The reveal of her, of the fallen Padawan, of Sears Padawan being the Inquisitor was, I expected it, but when it happened, it was still emotionally gut-wrenching, so I want to know so much more about all of the Inquisitors. For sure. Okay, that's probably five minutes of spoilers. So wrap it up, but it's a great game. You guys should play it, and then you should go on all of the places you can get in touch with us and tell us what you think about it. Yes, absolutely. Um, If you want to support the podcast, there are ways to do that. You can go to patreon.com slash geek to geekcast and support the podcast. You can come join us on the Slack uh, and Discord servers. You'll get a free, well, not free. You'll get a custom Discord role uh, to hang out with us. You can buy an ad. You can do all sorts of really cool stuff. All of the money goes to support the podcast. So we could not do this without you. Uh, You can check it out at patreon.com slash geek to geekcast. Yeah, and there's other podcasts on the network. You guys can check out Geektitude, which does interviews sometimes, sometimes just geeky topics. There's Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, where they're talking about whatever they want. Lately, it's been movies. Um, There's this podcast called Dragon Quest FM that talks about Dragon Quest. BJ's on it. It's pretty sweet. And sometimes Rob shows up with a podcast episode, which I'm always happy when those hit my feet. It's unexpected. There's another project in the works for a podcast that I can talk about soon, but not quite yet. Uh, I didn't know when, if you could announce it this time. Ah. I don't think quite yet. I think soon, soon, very soon. Um, and then there, we have streamers, you know, we have Troidal, we have Capsule J, and they stream all sorts of gaming stuff that you guys can check out. The Geekery blog has Austin, it has 13 Story, it has Data Error. There's so many people on the network now. You can find all of that stuff at geektogeekmedia.com, or you can get a bunch of it delivered to you at geektogeekmedia.com slash subscribe. With that being said, time for Weekly Geekery, where we share what we've been geeking out about this week. What have you been up to? I've been watching Friends episodes. Like, you know how I mentioned a while back that we're watching, we always go through and watch the Friends episodes of the Friends Thanksgiving episodes. Yeah. Like, I'm watching Friends Thanksgiving episodes again, and it's just this tradition for Jennifer and me to go through and do, and it's just so much fun. Like, we we always start at the beginning, work our way through to the last seasons, and, uh, you know, we've been married 10 years now, and so we're not the, the we have our hands all over each other all the time uh, kind of thing like you are when you're young and dating. And so, like, there's a lot of nights where we're not sitting near each other or anything like that. We'll, like, I'll, the way our living room is set up, we're, like, I may be over on a chase lounge, she's laid out on the couch, everything like that but every time it came up when it for a friends episode we would always move close to one another so that we could uh, be beside each other because it means something like this is a a special time for us so i'm so excited uh, when i watch these and there's one particular episode where uh, monica puts the turkey on her head and we found that pop at Target last year where we didn't know it existed. We just walked around a corner and saw it. And so every year now we have this Funko Pop of Monica from Friends with a turkey on her head uh, sitting in front of our TV that uh, we do as we watch our Friends uh, Thanksgiving episodes. So it's that time of year. So I'm just super excited about it. That's amazing. I'm glad you're liking it. I started playing Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes again, just a little bit. You know, it's that 5v5 uh, arena type game that, uh, that you get. Have you on mobile? Yeah. Have you uh, played it in a while? No, not in a while. There's a I haven't either. Like, that's the thing. I go in and out of these kinds of games. And since I'm into Star Wars, I figure I'll uh, I'll start it up and see what's going on. There's apparently an event right now to get uh, Grandmaster Yoda. And I am one character shy of five stars to get you to have five five star 
Jedis to get him, and I need about seven tokens from Kanan to be able to get it. And I am working very hard on trying to figure out how to get Kanan uh, to get Yoda so that I can have Yoda on my team. But I've been having fun doing that again. Um, I've been playing Mario Kart Tour a lot. Still, that's a daily thing for me. Jennifer and me both play. Uh, Jennifer and I both play Mario Kart Tour every day. I've been having such a good time with it. Uh, there's a winter tour going on right now with uh, wintry uh, DK Pass. Uh, snowy levels and there are christmas trees on all the other levels i'm not sure why they did it so early but they did maybe it's going to come back but uh, there's a santa mario in the pipes and i am really hoping i can unlock uh uh santa mario before the end of the uh before the uh end of this tour goes away because i'm assuming it'll be back around christmas time again but whatever um we're almost two floors we only have about two floors to go to beat Luigi's Mansion. We have been playing it a lot lately, uh, but just kind of chilling playing it because it's really, really low key. And this might be the single most delightful co-op game I've ever played. Like, I love this game. Have you ever gone back to it? No, I need to. I need, I got frustrated with that boss, but I haven't tried a co-op. I should probably recruit a kid, like you said, and try to beat it, because I did like the game until I got stuck. Yeah, I mean, there are moments in this game where if I were playing it single player, I would have absolutely stopped playing. Co-op, That's what though, to me. makes it incredibly fun, because you can, you really can just I don't even know. It's not you can just play is the way I was going to put it. But you can with Luigi's Mansion. It was like you're just playing. There's the puzzles are there and you really help each other out. Like I'm we really are having a wonderful time with with this game. And it makes me wish the others were available on the switch to be able to play co-op somehow. Um and then I've started watching Star Wars Rebels again. Before Rise of Skywalker comes out, I really want to finish up Rebels. Uh, I'm sure there's not going to be anything that ties together there, but it's like I want to have this part of Star Wars finished up so I can maybe start in on uh, uh, Resistance or something. But I finally got into Season 4, and it's amazing to me how much they've improved the storytelling from the even the beginning of this show. Like, Seasons 3 and 4 are a lot stronger than the Seasons 1 and 2 of this show. Uh, like it is crazy. Actually, once they introduced Thrawn, they started getting into a lot more uh, in-depth, uh, not even mature topics, but they just got into a little more complicated storytelling. And I really do appreciate that from the kind of show that this is. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I may be done with Star Wars like cartoon, like 3D animated just because like the Mandalorian is so good. And now I see what a so live good. action Star Wars can be. And... I don't know if I can go back. The storytelling is so slow in those, even though they're only 20 minute episodes. Like I'm glad I watched them. I'm really glad that I've seen them, but I went and I was trying to watch, what is it? A resistance? The newest resistance, one. Yeah. And I just, I can't do it because I have the Mandalorian to hold the TV shows up against now. And I mean, I guess that's one of the things I did the last week is I watched the third episode of the Mandalorian. It continues to be amazing. You know, episode three kind of finally like reveals where the story is going and what some of the core premises. And that's what I was waiting for. I can definitely say it's one of my favorite media things of the year at this point. Like, yeah, I've seen enough to know that, like, I'm sold like this. This show is amazing. And Star Wars is sometimes at its best when it is mythology, when it is adding lots of questions without giving you all the answers. Mm -hmm. And it's building this world through inference and through like you see stuff but it's not explained when star wars stops and explains all of the things like metachlorians is the worst example <laughs> but there's plenty of other examples i'm not as big a fan as that like i like figuring it out as we go along i like some things kind of being explained or like half explained through showing right show don't tell but mm -hmm. the mandalorian is opening so many questions in the best way possible and i just yeah. i love this show and what it's doing I think you said it best when you said in the best way possible, because there are ways for them to introduce questions that are really frustrating for the viewers. Like, why in the world are they doing that? Or why do they keep saying this? This one's not like that. You know, from the first episode of The Mandalorian, you're going to get answers like just the way that it's shot and the way that they move through the story. And you're right. It is opening up questions that I am engaged in trying to find an answer to and will be there every day 
when that is launched. And I saw something on the internet the other day on Twitter saying that uh, even though, you know, we love binge watching, we love uh, this binge culture, really, of, of getting all of our show, watching it all at once, all together. Having weekly episodes of this has given us much more of an appreciation for The Mandalorian. Like, we've been able to settle in on particular beats. We've gotten more memes and jokes out of it because of that. Like, the uh, the I Have Spoken stuff, you get a lot more uh, people, like, pouring over individual episodes, which is making this a much better experience than if we had gotten it in one big clump uh, and gone through it already. Like, I'm enjoying this more now than I, I know than I would have if I'd gotten it all at once. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it every week. The thing is, if they overdid this, if every show that came out on every streaming service was once a week... I would be frustrated again, just like TV had me. But I gotcha. When it's one show at a time, like when it was Game of Thrones, right? That was the one thing that once a week I can commit an hour to, like right when it comes out, because I'm invested. Yeah. If I had to do that for five shows or even like two or three shows, I would start to get frustrated. Um, but since it's just The Mandalorian, it's just one show a week. I'm like, yeah, I just need to put aside 45 minutes like on Friday or first thing on Saturday. And I'm all in. Like, I'm there for it. So if it's only a show at a time, I don't actually mind the weekly release schedule as much as I used to or as much as I thought I would. We don't follow nearly as many TV shows as we used to. Like, it got really overwhelming for a while. I want to say there are maybe two or three shows that we just watch weekly at this point. And at this point, I can only actually think of two. The Good Place and Mandalorian are the only two that we're watching at this very moment uh, that are on a recurring basis. And I'm cool with it. Like, I'm... I'm a-okay with it, but you're right. If it was everyone, if I had to wait on Stranger Things and The Boys and all of this to uh, to get an into and Mrs. Maisel and all of those just waiting week after week after week, I would get frustrated. Yeah, I would just pick one and it would be a Star Wars one and that's the one I'd watch every week and everything else I would just be like, eh, whatever, I'll wait till it's all out and then I would binge it. So yeah. it works in limited quantities. Um, so Mandalorian, I'm still all about that. Um one of the other things that's new for me is CarPlay. So I told mm. you about this a little bit last week. I had to get a new car. Um, I thought I could get one more winter out of my car in Minnesota, and it started getting cold here, and it stopped starting. And I did all of the things that were cheap to try to fix it, and then I still wasn't starting, and I didn't want to put the money into it that it would take to do the next steps of troubleshooting because it was a lot of money. And that car was old. Like, it had, it had lived its life. I really try to run my cars into the ground, and... This one made it obvious to me that it was not going to make it through the winter. So I had to go get a new car. I always buy used. I don't buy new cars. And so one of the things that I was like, if I can get it, if it's in the right car, if it's possible, CarPlay would be really cool. But it's not a requirement because I'm buying a used car. You can only have so many requirements. I ended up with a car that has CarPlay. And whatever, the car's a car. I like my car. I'm not going to dwell on that part. You know, everybody needs cars to get around. Um, but CarPlay itself is super cool because it's like you plug your phone in and it basically will cast all of your audio apps to your car's screen and you just interact with your phone there so it's like phone calls and like text messages are there but then also it's like the things that i'm using are overcast and like amazon music and audible and stuff like that and just controlling it through my car's touch screen i love it so much like it is something that I didn't know how much I would like it. It was kind of a, oh, this is kind of cool. If I can make it work, I'll get it. And that's what ended up happening. But now that I have it, I love it. And I use it every single day. Um, and then beyond CarPlay, the other thing I did this week was I watched all of, speaking of binging, right? I watched The Crown season three. And it was good, but it's interesting because they changed the actors that are in it um, after the two seasons because the characters got older and they said that they wanted to change the main actors every two seasons. So this is season three. So all of the primary actors changed and it took me an episode or two to adjust, but that was okay. Um, the thing about it is the first half of this season was, it felt like a series of one-offs. It was just like, here's a thing that happened. And then here's the next thing. And they weren't necessarily connected as smoothly as past seasons. Whereas season one was really all about like, what is it? What is the crown? What is it to inherit that power? And how do you step into that as like a 25 year old, you know, when she had to? Yeah, um, that was season one. And it was this really cool through line through everything that happened. And then season two is all about, well, like she's married. What does it mean to be married when you're also the queen and you're a head of state and you're a head of church and 
all of these other things. And what does that mean for you? What does that mean for your spouse and your relationship? And that was the through line through season two. And the through lines through season three doesn't really exist. Like it felt like a series of just like, okay, here's the thing that happened. And then here's another thing that happened. And here's another thing. That being said, it gets a lot more interesting about halfway into the season once they introduce the next generation of royals that are coming up. So it's like Prince Charles shows up and Princess Anne shows up and it gets really interesting once they're in the mix. So I'm kind of like all about those characters now and I want to see what happens next. So by the time I was done with the season, I was like, I'm ready for more. Like I could take season four anytime now. So it's still a good show. It's just, it was a shift going into season three. And I've still not seen any of it. It's one that I knew that you guys were looking forward to before it came out. And that every time you get a season that it is a binge for you guys, that you love it. And it's one that is on our list. It's like everyone tells us that this is great. And we see it. And it's like, I'm not in the mood for that. And we just move on to something else where I want to watch it because I know it's really good. I really cannot wait to get to it, but I'm never in the mood for it. <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, but yeah, that's probably it for this week. Uh, you guys can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. We also have great discussions on Slack and Discord. You can go to geek2geekmedia.com for invite links. And while you're there, you can check out all the other content on the network. I blog at agreenmushroom.com and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beach. That's Beach with two E's. And you can listen to me even more on the Dragon Quest FM podcast. We've been Void and Beach with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bye, geeks. Hey Geeks, this is Capsule J. I'm a streamer on the Geek2Geek Media Network. If you like discovering new games and chatting with cool nerdy folks, be sure to check out my channel on Twitch. You can find it at twitch.tv slash CapsuleJ. That's C-A-P-S-U-L-E-J-A-Y. I stream a blend of indies, retro games, and RPGs most Tuesday nights from 8pm to 11pm Eastern, and occasionally on Thursdays and weekends. Hope to see you then! Hi! My name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek, too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek. Hello friends, this is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch. Hello, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And together we are Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture. We talk about books, movies, music, basically anything we want at this point. Yes, we obsess about K-pop. And Keanu Reeves. And sometimes Katie cries on the podcast. Hey, that's rude. But really, we are just here to talk about all the things that we love. So make sure to head over to teatimewithkc.com and geek2geekmedia.com to check us out. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our show wherever you download your podcasts. Bye! Bye.